What's up, goats? Welcome to season two of Startup Hype Man's Goat to Market Show. I'm your host, Startup Hype Man founder and chief pitch artist, and of course I go by the name Raj Nation. This season we've got a special treat for you. If you haven't already heard, I officially dropped the album Goat to Market, the first ever hip-hop album about you, founders, and about the life, startup life. Goat to Market is an eight-song concept album telling the story of a founder's journey from idea to capital raise. It's a story of struggle to success, getting up after being knocked down, breaking down in order to break out, and dealing with the doubt, distractions, and detours, and route to dominating and becoming, well, the GOAT. Now, a lot went into making this album, from the initial concepting, to the beat making, to the lyricism, to the overall storytelling, and someone who was instrumental in bringing it together was a man by the name Pablo Gonzalez. Pablo is the founder of Be The Stage, a company that specializes in creating digital word of mouth via streaming podcasts, interactive trade show boots to run podcasts live off the trade show floor, online content, and so much more. And Pablo has become a good friend of mine over the last couple of years, and I decided to make him the creative director for the album. So think of his role almost as my creativity consultant, helping me get out of my head, helping me figure out the album's story arc, working with our producer. He even makes an appearance on one of the tracks. For this season of the GTM show, instead of me interviewing other guests, I'm actually the one being interviewed by Pablo. We talk about the album, the concepts and themes, the behind the lyrics, you know the deal. Listen, I put my heart and soul into this album, and this is my way of letting you inside my head. Haven't heard the album yet? Goat to Market is streaming everywhere. So if you're on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Tidal, or any other random network, just search Goat to Market or Raj Nation and get ready to be taken on a musical journey. And if you want to chat with me directly about the album or about anything you're going through with your startup, whether that's pitching, figuring out your go-to-market strategy or something else, Remember, I'm just a DM away if you join our online founder community, the Goat to Market Club, at startuphypeman.com slash gtm dash club. Without further ado, I give you season two of the GTM show, appropriately titled Making the Goat. If you remember from the I Can Be Anything conversation, what we were saying then was like, that was the original start of the album. And then as we started going, I was like, no, we need something else to kick this thing off with energy and get someone to track too. Because I can be anything is good and all. I just don't know if it's the best start to an album. If you don't already have a claim as someone who makes that kind of music. A good example would be Drake's first couple albums, right? Thank Me Later and Take Care. They actually start with like slow sing-songy kind of stuff. Thank Me Later is Fireworks with Alicia Keys. Uh, it's got rap on it, but it's more like R&B kind of track. And then Take Care is like that piano uh, song with a little bit more like sing rappy kind of stuff. And I think Drake has quite a claim, even with his first album, it already had enough acclaim to his name to be able to pull that off well as a start to an album. But as I thought through this, I'm like, there's a lot of people who are going to listen to this who don't know me yet. Maybe I haven't really heard my music yet or haven't heard my original stuff yet. We got to have something that just hits with energy right out of the gate and just sets the template for the entire thing. Because I, I really think this kind of a song is a true setting of the template for everything else that's on the album. Whereas if we just started with I Can Be Anything, you could hear that and pass on listening to the rest of it because you, you might think, oh, the rest of it's going to be like this. But I Can Be Anything is like the anomaly amongst the... Uh, six seven other songs so 
that's where the need to have this came through. And in creating it, I thought, really, this is like the trailer for the album, right? This is what you need to know to be able to, or you hear this to be able to then start the story with the next track, which is I Can Be Anything, right? So this is almost like that, the manifesto that's set out from the beginning. And then it's like, all right, now let's flip back to page one and see how it all began. And you hit the next track. Totally agree with the assessment. I love the fact that you start off with this fast rapping thing, right? Let's go. Fuck it in permission. He's going out on a mission and breaking through past condition because it's true. I do. Because I was playing the songs for my friends as we made them, right? We made I Get Around first. That was like an immediate yes. And then I would play I Can Be Anything. And I would find myself playing I Get Around first to people before playing I Can Be Anything. That's why I agreed with you that it's like we needed to to start this thing off with your forte, which is you're a really good rapper, right? So like it 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 starts immediately. I remember the, <laughs> the first thing that you sent to me was I knew the beat, right? Like I knew the beat was this like cool, jazzy, hip-hoppy beat, which is what I like for these intro kind of tracks, a la common. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that you sent me was it was fast rapping lines and then you rapping in Spanish. That was cool. But if we're if we're gonna start in order of, of the album itself, I like these first two lines because if I'm thinking of headspace of listening to an album, it immediately starts with the word fuck, right? Fuck it in permission, he's going out on a mission and breaking through past condition because it's true. So, so it's just like it, it, it starts bold. And then just what you say, fuck getting permission. It represents the mindset of just this is what you got to tell yourself to quit your job and go on this like founder journey. Is that kind of what you're thinking about? Yeah. It's again, it's putting out into the universe. I'm here and I'm doing this. And what really worked was that was this beat as the female vocal in the background. So it's like those first two lines is, are actually the only time where we use it as part of the line, like to help complete the sentence, because it's shedding his inhibition for betterment of his children. The dead is a just condition. Why? Because mm -hmm. I do. I do. So it's using the female vocal in the background as the completion of the sentence. And it's saying, I'm here and I'm doing this, but for no other reason than the fact that I'm doing this. That's what I'm standing on is the fact that I'm doing this, which is what so many entrepreneurs are standing on when they decide to plant their flag in the ground or say, I'm going to start something, right? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to dive head first into this. What makes you think you can do that? And a lot of times your only response is the fact that I'm doing it. <laughs> So I love that it that came through with the background vocals having that, you know, I do. And, and the more I thought about it, the title of the track is intro and then parentheses is I do. And I said, okay, well, this actually makes a whole lot of sense because you're deciding your wedding. What do you say when you get married? You say, I do. So you decide that you are wedding yourself to this game. And then I thought it worked even better because what are the last words if I get around? So it, it worked because I was like, I know later in the album, I've got that. So why don't we use the I do to have this kind of 
omen or this premonition that this is what, where it's going to go. Brilliant, man. Brilliant. That's really cool. I didn't even think about the fact that I do was a wedding reference and you end, I get around with that, which is like the peak of the album at the end yeah. of the day. That's really cool, man. All right. And then you, you do another thing, which I think is really cool in this, like starting in the fact that you start fast rapping and then you go into this one step, two step, three step, four step, which is another kind of like breaking cadence. So you're, you're starting off very two pattern interrupts in a row almost. Talk to me about these like four steps that you go through. The cadence changes because I'm like, okay, we can blitz up front with the first two lines, but now we need to like hit the reset button for a moment and just get people kind of like, it, it's almost like you're like disoriented hearing those first two lines and you're like, whoa, 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 this is happening. What? And then now you're like, okay, now I can, you can really start to listen and follow along better than you can the first two lines just because they're faster and, and you can start to feel the beat with it a little bit more and that and feel that bounce with it. So the these lyrics, these next few bars are just think about that journey, right? One step, they be asking for accomplishments, but honestly, the promise is in his mind, he is bomb as shit. Two steps, they want to see accreditation, but credit facing him's measured. So instead, I guess it's check his Facebook. You take one step at a time, right? As you're trying to figure out what you're building, how you're going to grow, all that stuff. So it's like looking at it in that way, like one step, one foot in front of the other at the same time. It's like with each step comes this doubt that gets levied or gets placed on you. So each of these steps is, I take one step forward and you're going to ask me this question, right? One step, they'd be asking for accomplishments. And then it's, what's the response to that? Honestly, the promise is in his mind, he's bomb as shit. That's my accomplishments. In my mind, I'm awesome, <laughs> right? Two steps, they want to see accreditation, right? So what are your credentials? And then the response is, well, but credit facing him's measured. So instead, I guess it's check his Facebook, right? So it's, I don't have good credit. <laughs> uh, so I, I extend accreditation to not just credentials, but what kind of money do you have for this? Mm -hmm. And then I got some social proof, right? I got friends on Facebook who think I'm cool. Then the third step. Three steps they're trying to figure is ascension. Investigate his figure, see he's building from his senses. So you take another step forward, but there's still someone coming at you and say, oh, now they're trying to figure his ascension. So how's he starting to make progress here? Investigate his figures, see he's building from his senses, right? So it's a play on words there, right? With investigate his figures, like his money, his numbers, see he's building from his senses, not sense like money but sense like from his mind, right? He's building from what he knows. Mm -hmm. So then fourth step. I don't know why I thought, well, let's do this line in Spanish. Because <laughs> I was like, it's just be fun. It'll be a fun twist on the lyric. And then it shows a little bit of range. And I should clarify, I am not versed in Spanish. I just know it conversationally enough that I could put together some sentences. And I don't know, maybe at the time I was like listening to Bad Bunny or something. Maybe that was the inspiration. <laughs> But fourth step. You can give the translation on this one. Yeah, for sure. My name is Pablo. Four steps. The door is not open for me, but I have an eye on an exit. And what's it going to be? Like, what's what? What are you going to exit at? Yeah, exactly. So it, yeah. that's exactly it. So they always talk about in the startup game, like, how are you going to exit this business? But in this case, it's if you're not even giving me a shot, you're closing the door on me even getting started. Right, la puerta no está abierta. It's not open, but it doesn't matter because my eyes are on the exit, anyways. So the question becomes, how much? Right, how much are you going to pay for this at the end of the day? How much is this going to be worth? Yeah. And that's 
that that takes you one step, two step, three step, four step, right? It's one foot in front of the other. And then I think it's almost like the next part is almost like where the song really begins, if you will. Everything before that, like what we just went through in the first two lines where it's faster. I don't know. It's that's the if you think about like a book, that's the foreword or maybe even like the dedication on page two. Yeah. And then the book actually starts with like chapter one. So if in the construct of this song, this song itself serves as the foreword for the album. But I feel like those first six bars are the foreword for just this song. I saw it more like you are the hype man, right? Like those first couple bars, those two like stanzas or whatever you call them. It's like you come out on stage and just get the crowd started with those two things, and then you start the show, right? To me, it's a very natural kind of just, let's get you pumped up, then let's get you in in rhythm, and then now let's go, right? It's just, it's another lever of storytelling that I see you use over and over in this album and each different song. And I assume it's what you do in your pitches. What would hit on this, like you open up a pitch with a with something that's a hook, and then you mm-hmm. get into, and then you get into story. You you break that down in a future discussion that we have here. Yeah, yeah, it's that's exactly it. You got to have something, and that's why I, I said you said, "Oh, you're the hype man." And I don't even know if I consciously thought that because it's almost like inherent, but I think it makes sense. Where it's if I'm startup hype man, I gotta open with some energy and some. I gotta build some hype to yeah. get people in. And I, again, I think that's why this song is truly the first song, or it's it starts the album, and then you have the softer song right after it. Yeah, it's game recognized game, man. Then the verse starts itself. It's the goat to market, known to start shit, like a fat blunt that you roll and spark it. And it's one foot into pumping yourself up, and then, but also at the same time, this impending doom kind of feeling, which is pretty characteristic to the first half of this album, right? Yeah, it's it's making the claim, I'm here, it's the goat to market. And it's like you pump yourself up at the same time, here's the other half. And I looked at it as like devil versus angel on the shoulder in that classic sort of um, depiction. So to market, known to start shit, like a fat blunt that you roll and spark it. Uh, But then it's like- Put it on the table like he's open hearted. Devil looming overhead, control the darkness. And I think with that line, it's like, hey, there's like these negative thoughts that are swirling. I also always look at, with this album, like you say, devil, what's the other side of devil is angel. And what is oftentimes sought in a capital raise is angel investors. And then you go through that as if you de- depict this person on the table or these like open hearted on the table, like an open heart surgery or whatever, you have these thoughts swirling. And see the soul of so it's this person's a rebel, but if you really open your eyes to it and you light this thing up, you're going to see inside there's a soul of an artist here. From his first breath till there's no more carcass. Take it to the top from the cold apartment. Here to go to war, see the soldiers marching. Signed and sealed on the scroll and parchment. And and it's like this battle cry. I'm ready to go to war, right? Here to go to war. See the soldiers march. Um, that's what we're evoking in this is we're ready to go to battle. And here's here's how we're gonna do that. And we'll figure out the ammunition along the way. But because we see that there's this vision at the end of the day of making it to the top from the cold apartment, which I think is funny, like from a personal perspective, in the first couple years of this business of Startup Hype Man, I lived in two different 
literal cold apartments because I was in garden units, right? I was in basement unit apartments that were actually cold apartments, <laughs> one of which could never get warm, like no matter how I turned up the heat. <laughs> That's awesome. I like how you encompass the soul of the person at that moment in this. Like you are, again, it's that like self-talk to yourself while also understanding that you are about to go to war. But this, the soul of artist as an entrepreneur evokes to me, and this like devil and angel evokes to me a lot of this like missionary mindset that you have to really take on something so crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to believe in something so deeply in this, you, you got to believe on three different layers of just, you got to believe in yourself. You have to believe in this insight that you have, and you have to believe in this like greater mission of making the world a better place that is going to take a lot of creative energy, right? Like entrepreneurship is largely creativity. So it is almost a metaphor for this whole conversation that we have around like hip hop and entrepreneurship and how all this fits together. I feel like that verse in itself captures that the soul and the essence of all that. And one of the things that I often share in the, the pitch workshops that we do for Startup Hype Man is I say that from a mindset perspective, to be successful as an entrepreneur, you need to not think like an entrepreneur, but instead think like an entertainer. Because an entertainer dedicates themselves to their audience and they make things to make a great experiences for their audience. So entertainer, artist, all the same stuff. I like that. I like that, man. Says screams of Jesse Cole to me, which is a guy that I've been getting into these days. You know that guy, the Savannah Bananas guy? Savannah Bananas? I know Savannah Bananas. I didn't know this guy though. Yeah, he's he's the he's the CEO, like the founder of it. It's a, it's an incredible story and it's all just like how they think of fans first. And it's another story of the sports entertainment category and like how it leads into a business. Uh -huh. we'll, 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 won't go too far into it, but I, I think you're going to like it if you dig into him. Talk me doing this next verse, man. Here they go to war, see the soldiers marching Signed and sealed on the scrolling parchment Broken parts assembling the golden arches If you were to look at the lyric sheet for this, that's a capital G and A on golden arches. What are the golden arches? McDonald's. So it's I've got all of these different pieces, but I'm going to assemble them together into what essentially becomes the next golden arches, right? The next massive company, but also the next like iconic brand that you associate with just by looking at it. And this now starts, I really like this next set of lyrics because we hit on McDonald's, we allude to McDonald's, and then there's four or five different ways we use food now in the next few bars. Playing hot potato when the stove is warm and you get hot potatoes right from McDonald's, right? In the, in the form of French fries. <laughs> it's the stove is warming up, right? We're getting hot here, but playing hot potato is what is it, right? You keep passing the potato back and forth because it's too hot to touch. So it's that idea of whose game is it really going to be? We want it to be ours, but we know that this potato is going to keep, it's hot. We want to make sure it lands in our hands, but we can't guarantee that. They got spinach and they teeth, see the photo storage. That's referring to, you can picture, right? When someone has spinach in their teeth and it's in a photo, but it, it's saying, hey, the people who are interested in us, spinach in your teeth is my, they got money on their mind, right? They got spinach in their teeth. Just look at the photo. Just look look at the photo reel, right? Money is on their mind. And so if money is on their mind, it's me now coming back and saying, how do I assure them that they're going to get that spinach? No core 
his mistakes he will not repeat spit some rad issue when he turn up he is on the beat there actually isn't a chorus on this song and both literally is there not a chorus in the song but figuratively you don't want to have like repeat mistakes would be a chorus of mistakes mm. In a way, the way I, I personally relate to that lyric is Startup Hype Man is my second company. And in it being my second time around, there are actual mistakes I know I made the first time mm-hmm. that I was very conscious of to not make the second time around. So no chorus, mistakes he will not repeat. Spit some rad-ish, so when he turn up, he is on the beat. Radish, turn up, and beat. Three root vegetables that all look pretty similar are all in the same line there. Rad-ish, meaning like rad shit, right? Rad-ish. Turn up, instead of a vegetable, turn up, like T-U-R-N-U-P. And then on the beat, B-E-A-T, instead of B-E-T. So it's, hey, I'm going to spit some rad shit here so that when I turn up, I'm on the beat, right? And I'm in rhythm with this thing. And I am keeping pace, essentially. And then we continue it with the food, right? Coming from the underground to turn out with the broccoli, dangle every carrot in return, you get a plot of greens. So just continuing that idea of like, I'm going to, I'm going to produce those returns, right? I'm going to make the money that you want to see from me. And no matter what incentive you put in front of me, like dangle the carrot in return, you will get a plot of green. You had an entire field of greens out of this thing. And then we come off that and we say, Slip a brown field, but damn, he playing properly. Goes without saying, your main is high property. Like, I, yeah, I think you got a real estate background, right? What's a brown field? Brown field is an infected plot of land that you got to do a bunch of remediation before you develop on. That's what we're saying here. The, the metaphorical brown field, I'm going to flip that into something great. Because it's like, how? Because he plants properly. Like, he knows where to place the seeds. And even on top of that, it's like, he knows where to place the seeds, but also... What are you looking for when you raise capital? You're looking for seed money, right? And then from here, the next set, it continues the rhyme scheme. But what we switch into is actually a whole metaphor for the actual game of Monopoly. Yeah. Well, before right, we get into game. that, I want to I hit on this, right? So this is, as we go on through this like commentary, an ongoing theme is this idea that Food happens a lot in this album, and it is always a metaphor for what is happening in someone's life and and the decisions that they're making and whatnot. And I think our our friend who's listening right now will will get into that. But what I find really interesting is that most of the food metaphors that happen after this are fast food up until the final like the final toast at the end. And yet here in this mindset where you're starting and you've got to be like super positive and super into yourself, it's all vegetables and, and all healthy food that you're <laughs> talking about. But then when you get into the grind of the album, it's all like Taco Bell and Domino's and all this other stuff that that is much more practical when you're really in the grind of an entrepreneur. I find that really interesting. And maybe the story there is when you project your thoughts, it's pure when you're really truly in the trenches, it's a lot greasier. Totally. totally. Yeah, that's what I wanted to hit on. That's awesome, man. All right. Yeah. Then tell me about this. Now you go into this, you go from a long form food metaphor to a long form game of money metaphor. More than intellectual, his brain is the monopoly. So put it on his name, take a chance and hit the lottery. I think it's great. Yeah. Because we all know Monopoly, the board game, right? Is It's the game of business, right? And so if we take that, so now where the lyrics go is, 
more than intellectual, his brain is the monopoly, right? So one of the things that investors often ask is like, how are you going to beat the competition? How are you going to crowd them out? What's your moat? And moat comes up later on and I get around. But it's, hey, and if you think about the earlier lyrics in this song around his, honestly, the promise is in his mind, he has bombed his shit. We're continuing that that thought process here that like, I don't have it all figured out yet, but but the fact that my brain is the one working on this is the reason why we're going to create a monopoly at the end of the day. Hey, I hope you've been enjoying the conversation on making the goat thus far. We still have a whole lot more to dive into on this song in this episode. But before we go any further, I want to just pause and let you know about a partner who was instrumental in helping bring the album to life, a partner who's been instrumental on this podcast and supporting it, and just who's been overall a huge supporter of Startup Hype Man's overall goat-to-market platform. And that partner of ours is Akeva, and I want them to become your partner in software development. And if you do that, they're going to help you go from zero to one. Whether that's blockchain or no chain, Web3 or Web2, mobile apps or SaaS, Akeva builds it at startup speed and enterprise level refinement and class. That's why startups like Stride Health, Haveno, Olive Side, and so many more have trusted Akeva from their first dollar all the way up to their billion dollar valuation. And they're ready to help you become the goat to market. I've sent a bunch of startups at Kava's way. They've all been so grateful for the connection. And they have a killer offer for you. It's called a You Call It Code Review. What does that mean? Akeva will review the most critical parts of your code so you can see exactly what your tech needs to launch or scale. And they'll do this completely free. And then you call it from there. So you want to handle things on your own? You call it. Want to get Akeva's dev help? You call it. Want to take it somewhere else? You call it. It's an unbeatable offer, and like I said, they've been Startup Hype Man's partner in supporting the Goat to Market platform. They even get a shout out in one of the songs on the album, and I want them to become your partner in software development. Ready to see if you qualify for a You Call It code review? Well, just fill out the inquiry form on their website at akava.io. That's A-K-A-V-A.io, akava.io, and tell them Startup Hype Man sent you. Back now to the conversation. You got more than intellectual, his brain is the monopoly. So put it on his name, take a chance, and hit the lottery. Groupies giving up community chess with baggage, income tax. I think immunity's best, savage. Who's in front of me with duplicate tread? Having you and me get better by my soon to be flexed package. Those are all spaces on a monopoly board chance, lottery, community chest, income tax. And what do you have? You have a Park Avenue on a monopoly board. And we use avenue in a double meaning, avenue and me. So this is evoking the idea that like we're going to complete the entire monopoly board here. Like we're going to make it through all the spaces and get to, and win this entire game. And within that, even just like from a micro sense, groupies giving up community chess with baggage. So there's a couple meanings of that, right? What is a groupie, right? Uh, they're giving as you start to make the ranks, you start to quote unquote gather groupies. And maybe they're the ones giving up collectively community chest, if you will. Mm -hmm. The other way I like to think of this line is maybe it's actually the investors who are your quote unquote groupies because they want to pile on to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so it's the actual community chest and a money, a treasure chest standpoint that's being put into you. And that's why there's baggage that comes along with it because now there's some terms that come along with that money, right? Community chest with baggage, or if it's groupies in the true sense, community chess with baggage because it's, there's a lot of things that can happen if you get into that life. 
Yeah. So you have this community chess with baggage. Income tax, I think immunity's best savage. Income tax is the monopoly space, but it's technically we're putting a space between IN and the net and 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 COME. Income, like here it comes, here comes the tax. Mm. Right. So I think immunities, I think I should just stay away from all of it, which is savage, right? So it's like you you have that that competing thought at the same time. So then you're like, but but then regardless of that, you look ahead and you go, who's in front of me with duplicate tread? Who's walking these same footsteps, but ahead of me? And then you say, who's in front of me with duplicate tread? Avenue and me get better by my soon to be flex package. The U of Avenue is the U of this. So it's like the only people here are you and me, and you're about to get battered by my soon to be flex package. Great kind of like long form simile for me as the amateur feel it hip hop guy what I notice is just the small change in kind of cadence in order to highlight the the rhyme at the end makes it supremely singable. Like you're like the way that you're like baggage, savage, at like flex package. The thing that really stands out to me is how extremely singable this part is, right? Mm. This is like the part that when you're listening to rap and you don't really know the words, and you're like at the concert, you're like, yeah, baggage, savage, package. <laughs> like that's the <laughs> thing where you're able to highlight it as someone that's only heard it a couple of times and how catchy those things are. And yet it's only these like four lines that you put in the middle of it's different than the rest of the storytelling rap of the song. So I'm just wondering as you're doing this stuff, is this something that you are conscious of that? Hey, man, every if I'm, if in, the mid- if I'm in the middle of a song that doesn't have a hook, do I need to throw in these kind of like catchy moments that really just happen based on a slight change in the last syllable, like emphasis. The idea is if you switch up the set, the, the structure of the line, you can, you can get across the point while it not necessarily feeling like you're being lectured to. Right. So now like if there's those emphasis points along the way, whether you're tracking with the Monopoly reference or not, you could be like, uh, that kind of thing. And also what helps too is just in the construction of the song itself or the lyrics or how it's recorded, I add a double vocal layer to baggage, to savage, to package. So you feel it even more when those words hit. So when you say the double vocal layer, what I mean is I'm recording it once and then I'm recording a second track underneath it on those specific words to make sure that like this, it, the words sound more full. And have more depth to them, and then and then it, it, but you know, as a result, you feel it a little bit more. Is there a parallel to that with pitches? Is there a part of a pitch where you need to have these kind of like moments that are that do this? In one sense, it's simplify. <laughs> yeah. You can get into the depths of talking about every which way your business strategy is this or that, but you got to have key points along the way. First off, you shouldn't get too far into the depths just because people won't. Stay along with it, but more than anything, it's what are like the key words you want to make sure that you get out that they can remember. Oh yeah, they they said that thing. All right, so you can be very intentional with the construct of how you're even pitching to to get across the point. It's like they may not have remembered the whole story, mm. but if they got that yeah. one or two things, then we know they're going to remember us in the right way. Yeah, like the second time I listen to the song, I know to nod my head to this and be like baggage, savage, package. 
when I walk away from a pitch, I need to walk away with what are the three stats or three key learnings or three things that I'm going to be repeating to someone. It's like, this was really impressive because of this one thing that they said, right? Mm. Yeah. 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 It's, and again, I think it's just, as you listen to it, you record the lyrics and then you listen back and then you say, what does this song need? What's missing right now? Let me go back and add this layer here or pull back here and, and things of that nature. Yeah. Makes sense. Then you go into the long form sports like and they asking how you shit with no promises it's confidence of hooping i would be ball dominant comma if i find myself on the grid iron i'll be off the grid iron in the crease puck on hockey stick on some 90s shit i'm in my attitude era and the evolution is near couldn't be more apparent like you're you, you start using a bunch of different like sports terminologies in this part right yeah and th- this has a, its own level of sophistication too but so the next line is i actually want to hit on just this first line Mm-hmm. And talk about it for a second. So I say, and they asking how you shit with no promise. The reason I want to just highlight this for a second is because one of the things we talked about in the in our overall intro episode for this podcast was I I approached this entire album from a different creative perspective in that I used to write an entire song. And then I would record it once I had the entire song written. But over the years, my style has evolved in that I don't need to have the whole song written to get in the booth and start rapping. And I'll figure out lyrics along. I might come up with the first four or the first eight bars of a song and just getting in the booth and spitting those. Then I can pause, write the next four, eight bars, things like that. And that actually creates, I found it creates better music overall because I'm not locking myself into no this must be complete before i can put it to sound now i'm like no why don't i create as i go more or less and i'll start to feel what i need to do with the song if i can just get into that fully creative mode of rapping even if i only have a few bars figured out now what that means is i'm sharing that to say there are some parts along the way where i might actually repeat myself and not catch it and in the what in the one step, two step, three step, four step part in the beginning, I say one step. They'd be asking for accomplishments, but honestly, the promise is in his mind. He is bomb as shit. And then now later in the song, I use that same rhyme scheme, and they ask him how you shit with no promises. So if I was doing this in the original mode of write the whole song and then record, there's no chance I would have had that slip up. And I would have been like, no, I'm breaking the rules of rhyme construction more or less if I do that again. If I use the word, if I use promises as a rhyme again. But now in this more like creatively unleashed way, that comes out. I don't even notice it until after we've already put a stamp on the whole thing. And I'm like, but that's fine. Like it doesn't, it actually didn't hurt the song at all. And no one's faulting me for that. I assume no one's faulting me for the fact that promises is using a rhyme two different times in the song. I don't know if you even picked up on that. You tell me. No, because the first one is an internal rhyme. It's not even at the end of the song. It's just like a like an internal rhyme within the line itself. And I love that you're going this way because this is this to me is also a a metaphor for entrepreneurship, right? If you can't get started without so much of entrepreneurship is iteration, 
that if you're not willing to get started without knowing exactly where you're going to land, yeah, you got to have a plan and you got to have all this stuff. But a lot of the stuff is just get going and the road will reveal itself, which is what you have learned to do as a rapper as well. Mm. Yeah. And, and I, it works better ultimately. It's if I'm not obsessing over the fact, which I used to, I used to obsess over the fact, oh no, I used this as a rhyme earlier, can't yeah. use it again ever. No, who cares? Why not? If it works again, use it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a, it's a different take on it in this time through, like you said. So they ask him how you shit with no promises. This is confidence of hooping. I would be ball dominant. Comma, if I find myself on the grid, iron out. We know what being ball dominant is in basketball. So that's, that's just me saying if, if it were basketball, that would be me. And then this next part. So I would be ball dominant. Comma, if I find myself on the grid, iron. I'd be off the grid, iron in the crease, puck on hockey stick. So I say comma, but I also have a comma that actually yeah. happens at that point, right? Because yeah. there, there's a pause sort of in the lyric there. I would be ball dominant. Common, comma, if I find myself on the gridiron. So it's, hey, that's hoop. Now, if this were football, the gridiron, if I find myself on the gridiron, you know what? I'd actually be off the grid. Be off the grid, iron in the crease, puck on hockey stick. Iron in the crease, puck on hockey stick. So there's two meanings here. You could take iron in, ironing as one word, ironing the crease, like the crease on a shirt to mean like I'm getting buttoned up and I'm getting ready for this new image of myself or I'm getting ready for some big important meeting I've got to take. But the other way is you put a space between the two words. So it's iron in, like you have an iron in the fire, right? Mm-hmm. You have, you know, you're personally invested in this. So if you take it that way, iron in the crease, puck on hockey stick. Well, in hockey, you can be in like being in the crease is one of the positions on the ice. So it's, I'll be in the crease and the puck's going to be on my stick which means I'm ready to score the goal. And one of the things, there's that quote in entrepreneurship that I think Wayne Gretzky said, and people use for entrepreneurship, skate to where the puck is going. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's hitting on that at the same time or alluding to that at the same time that I'm the person who does skate where the puck is going so much so that if it were football, I'm actually off the grid because I'm that far ahead of everyone. That's awesome, man. I was just thinking that you were alluding to hockey stick like when you're when you talk about growth on a chart, you want it to look like a Oh yeah, there's that too. Sorry. There's that. That's the fourth meaning of the line. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's great. Now I got to have my wrestling stuff thrown in. I was about to say, I was about to say, true true to your nature, you then go into wrestling, which is also sports technically. Yeah, sports (laughs) entertainment. (laughs) So it's, Right, we go to on some ninety shit. I'm in my attitude era, and the evolution is near. Couldn't be more apparent. If anyone's a wrestling fan, the '90s in the WWF at that time, WWE now, was known as the Attitude Era. So I'm just saying, hey, I'm bringing some attitude to the game here. And the evolution is near. Couldn't be more apparent. So this is a really deep cut for wrestling. After the Attitude Era came, quote unquote, the next era, which they called the Ruthless Aggression Era. And one of the staples of that era was a group led by the wrestler Triple H called Evolution. I'm on I'm on my 90s shit in some or on some 90s shit in my attitude era, and the evolution is near, right? So evolution actually was near to the attitude era, and it's my own, it's this character's own personal evolution, and it couldn't be more apparent. 
My core appearance is raw. Truth, you would fall for Darren. I didn't kill too many legends. That's another thing, right? Later on, when we we'll when we dissect dry powder, I use raw in a. I use the raw as a lyric again. I say, I try to put the smack down every night raw. This is why I'm saying this creative ability, this sort of personal creative freedom that I've stepped into has allowed me to create healthier and better overall lyrics because old me would have been like, no, I use that as a rhyme later on in the album. Can't use it at all anywhere else. But why not? Why not if it's going to work here? Yeah. So my core appearance is raw, right? Like authentic. My core appearance is raw. Truth, you would fall for Darren. This is an even deeper deep cut of wrestling. So raw is the right Monday Night Raw is the TV show, but there's also a wrestler who goes by the name of R Truth. So R Truth is actually how the the last line the first, the line ends with R and the next line starts with Truth. Right. My core appearance is raw. Truth, you at fault for Darren. I done killed so many legends. Got them coughing, Sharon. In that group, Evolution, that was led by Triple H, was another wrestler named Randy Orton. I done killed so many legends. Randy Orton got the nickname. He created the nickname The Legend Killer because he went on a streak in the story where he would beat like The Undertaker and all the legendary wrestlers, the Shawn Michaels of the day. And so he would call himself The Legend Killer. And if we like, that's continuing the thought of the Evolution lyric before, a few lines up or two lines up. And say, I kill too many legends, got him coughing, Sharon. And guess what? In Randy Orton's case, one of the legends was the Undertaker, quote unquote, that he killed, he beat. And what does the Undertaker represent is the coffin. So I'm just saying, I'm, I'm throwing them all in the same motherfucking coffin because that's how much I'm, I'm, I'm on one right now. Deep, deep nerdy wrestling. <laughs> this is good. I could totally see this as like one of those like perfect pieces of micro content. That's like telling this story while showing the different wrestlers and stuff like that. That's cool. <laughs> that's that's interesting. I, I'm obviously not as versed at wrestling as you. Only oh, I was only in the Attitude Era, but that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool how, how deep into the, your passion you go. And then you do something super interesting that I don't think I've ever seen before. Drop the horns from Blair and listen to my introduction. I can be anything but thankless. We need more discussion. Who's the NXT? It's me. Please endorse shit. You want that dry powder? I get around like sincerely yours, bitch. You rhyme all the tracks of the album into the next line as part of the story. How did you come up with that? Had you seen that somewhere else? It's actually something that I guess is almost becoming like a trademark thing for me. My last album back in 2015, the EP, Road to Redemption, which was a personal project, nothing related to business or, or Startup Hype Man. I didn't have Startup Hype Man or anything like that then. But prior to the album coming out or the EP coming out, I released like a what I called like a bonus track or like a teaser track for the album. And it was, it was a remix of Shook Ones by Mob Deep. And in that song, I did this technique where I said the title of every track on the album while using it in lyrics to basically explain this is what you're going to hear. And so to me, it just felt natural to bring that back. And I, I like doing it, right? I think it's a unique cool. approach to creating a song, especially if it's the intro for the album. And we're saying more or less, this is actually like the trailer and the album kind of starts with your next song. Why not, if it's a trailer, almost give them like the chapters of the book or give them the quote unquote, like different scenes of the movie that you're about to experience. 
So we hit on each one, right? And it also makes sense in the construct of, of the lyrics too. It's not just like dropping song names. Like it's like dropping shout outs at the end of a song, right? It's, yeah. it, it's actually, it makes sense as sentences, right? So drop the horns from Blair. And this is where the beat actually kick starts to kick down. Listen to my introduction. So this is the introduction. That's the next track. But thankless? Hey, I could be anything, but thankless? Hey, we need more discussion about that. We need more discussion. Who's the NXT? All right, there's your next track. It's me. Please endorse. Shit. You want that dry powder? There's the next. I get around like Sincerely Yours, bitch. And I get around like Sincerely Yours also makes sense because I'm buying a round of wine or I'm buying a round of drinks for people, yeah. right? So we fit in every track title on the album into those few bars in a way where it actually makes sense as a complete thought as well. And I, I can envision moving forward, that's going to be my thing on the start of every album. It's a, it's a unique thing. And I wonder how that's going to end up affecting. If now this is like your thing, it, it almost feels like you need to have... I, I wonder if the album needs to be in the form of the long form story so that the titles can all make sense in like lines like that. But for this one, it just so happens that that's what we were doing, right? If it's not, don't worry. I'll figure out a way to make it make sense. <laughs> like, the, like the wordsmith you are. That's cool, man. Then you do one of my favorite tricks in hip hop, which is when the beat stops and you have the misdirection of you think the song is over and you kick it in just like an acapella and then it starts up again. Hmm. Wait. If I'm to build the next Rockefeller, I am not the fella to end the track on an acapella. Talk to me about this part. You remember the original beat was actually maybe 30 seconds shorter or something like that. Mm -hmm. And as I was rapping on, I think I got to the, towards the part where we were, where I was going to list off the track titles. I was just like, I really was like, no, I have more to say. And that's when we pushed it back to the producer and said, hey, extend the beat longer. Yeah, because again, I, I really was like, oh, no, I don't want to end it here. I, I do want to keep going because I got some more things I want to get out in this song. And that's where I was like, literally, while I was waiting for the updated version to come back, I just kept rapping over nothing on the file. Mm -hmm. And I was like, since I was rapping over nothing, I was like, this is acapella now. So <laughs> let's go ahead and do some lines that are just acapella and literally address the fact that like head on that there's no more music playing and I just want the music to come back because I have more to say. That's it's I was literally just out loud saying exactly what was happening in real time. That's cool. And you built it all around the word acapella, right? So it's you're like, I'm going acapella, I gotta talk acapella, so I'm gonna Rockefeller Aqua Trailer. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool, man. That's cool experiential. So then this last part, I have to assume the way that you finish this thing is like an epic line. Put some respect on me, the truth is on my throat. Why I be a unicorn when you can be the goat? When you're saying you weren't done, was it because you really wanted to end it with why I be a unicorn when you can be the goat? Yeah, I, I that always to me had to be the closing line of the intro. And I didn't want to have that. Like I couldn't the way I was going with the song, it would have been too abrupt if I brought it in earlier. So I needed to have more breathing room to be able to get to that point. That's where it ends, right? Is why be the, why be the unicorn when you can be the goat. And I just think it's, it also is like, 
this last set of bars that come up at the end is just declaring this is what this is what this album is going to mean to you the person who's listening to this right specifically the entrepreneur this the medium for gtm this the medium for gtm right go to market the seed and stem believe it's the reason behind your bpm this is that we talked about how listen to bump this shit when you're on the way to a big meeting like bump this album psych yourself up Mm-hmm. Now picture that like a JPEG without the E Cause any way you file it Last thing is you respect the G Now if you know about JPEGs and computers and stuff you, The file can be saved as either a .jpeg or a .jpg Right? So JPEG without the E Any way you file it, either way Whether it's a .jpg or a .jpeg What's the last letter? G So any way you file it, last thing is you respect the G In this case the G, aka me, you're going to respect me. Anyway, you try to file this, you're going to put some respect on my name. And that's why we then go into the, if there were a hook of this song, it would be the closing lyrics. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say, put some respect on me. The truth is on my throat. And we repeat, why be a unicorn when you can be the goat? Why be a unicorn when you can be the goat? When you can be the goat. Why be a unicorn when you can be the goat? Shit.